Welcome to Magic Monday. I am Tess Whitehurst, spiritual author and spiritual teacher. And I'm Natasha Levenger, energy healer, energy reader, and spiritual coach. And this is a podcast about all the ways we experience and use the magic of the universe in our everyday lives. Hello, everybody. Welcome. Hello. Welcome. welcome. Happy Labor Day. Oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, I forgot it's Labor Day. Um, yeah. Anyway, so um, how was your week? We did a little, we did a power hour um, where we did a live in the middle of the week. Um, where Instagram we live. Yeah, we did an Instagram live. It was really fun, right? Yeah, it was cocktail power hour and I had an edible and <laughs> Natasha had a beer mm-hmm, and it was really fun. Like three beers for other people. <laughs> yeah, and the reason I'm bringing it up now is because we um, talked about the theme of the week last week, which from the cards, we always talk about what happened from our cards that we picked um, and it was grounding. So Yeah, the theme t- was grounding. You picked... Um, Star you keeper, picked something about yeah grounding and light to like connecting to light and grounding the light and mm-hmm. that was in the star seed oracle and i picked slow down from my cosmic dancer oracle mm-hmm. so how did the rest of the week go for you it went good it went well i mean i definitely would say that grounding and being coming into my body felt very important and also slowing down. I mean, I, I did you see how um, our friend Melissa on Instagram, she has Real Magic Mystery School on Instagram, she posted about slowing down with a picture of a snail. Oh, it said no, slow down it. and had a picture of a snail, which is exactly the card I drew, which was a snail oh my on God. my card. And it was called slow down. And and I was like, oh, my gosh, Melissa, I picked that card for this week. And then after I did that comment, I was like, Oh, yeah, and I should slow down. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not just picking cards at random for no reason. (laughs) Yeah, and not just like noticing the connect. Like I remembered it, but I wasn't like, because I do feel like what you guys will hear in the interview with Britain, I do feel that Mars energy of just like, okay, now what do I do? What's next on my to-do list? Like it's just a real kind of like doing a lot really quickly sort of energy, Mm. which I think is, you know, why those cards came up to remind us to take a breath and, you know, mm-hmm. be careful and be just yeah. present, being present. And so yeah. I yeah. meditated quite a bit and oh, I did good. my best to move into slowing down. And you I also forgot a it. lot again. Well, I exercise a normal amount. Oh, I got okay. yesterday I got sensitive about <laughs> exercising because <laughs> Ted in passing said he like wanted to hike up a hill and I was like oh I already worked out really hard today and he said something in passing like oh I wish you wouldn't do that so we could hike up the hill sometimes and mm-hmm. I was just like we hike up the hill sometimes and I like working out and that's something I love to do and don't you should not judge that about me and I, he was like really overwhelmed because he really didn't mean it that way yeah. he didn't mean to like limit my joy of exercising mm-hmm. <laughs> but I I think I did kind of realize that it is something that I I personally want to stop judging about myself because part, that I work out so much because yeah. I really so love much? it. You mean every day or the five amount? days? A, 
It's well, I work out every day, but on the weekends I just do yoga. Oh, okay. Um, but you're talking but, yeah. about the amount of time as opposed to well, the... like how or this how strenuous that is. Uh-huh, you know, like uh-huh. I think I feel it's kind of like how I feel shame sometimes about being a morning person. I was just gonna like, say that yes. it's a similar thing where it's like I just I'm a morning person. I like yeah. I and I just love working out, but like for some reason I feel like I need to i don't know apologize for it or something my mother would have loved you (laughs) for apologizing no not for the apologizing for the intensity oh we'll see but that's (laughs) but that's what i was realizing yesterday is that because people do value those qualities like i think that's part of why i feel shame like i'm not doing this to just like be like you know, make you feel bad about yourself for not exercise. Like I'm not judging you for not exercising no. as much. I just like to do it, you know. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I think because my dad is really judgy of people who don't exercise. So uh, I think I really don't. I mean, it's like exercise how much you want to exercise or yeah. don't. I don't care. Yeah. But I just like. Anyway, I just realized yesterday I have baggage around it, and I just yeah. want to be unapologetic yeah. about exercising. Yeah. I just like it. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. It is interesting you kind of went to the other extreme about, like, because people would love to be early, wake up early. People try to do that all the time. Yeah, if you I could think just, it, like, enjoy that, you know, that it's making you happy, that would be great. Yeah, I mean, I think it – I just was, like, t- tapping into all these reasons for it, too, because I yeah. loved gymnastics when I was a kid, and I – was really like worked out all the time and at the gym from the age of you know I mean very young and then I would do backflips for fun at school and then kids would be like oh you're showing off you show Uh, off and stuff like that so I think I just like got a lot of there's just a lot of baggage around it yeah maybe it's all that middle school baggage that I mean backflips are amazing Thank you. (laughs) I mean it takes a lot of strength to do backflips I hear I mean, Mm -hmm. while you were doing that, I was like, you know, laying around getting high, cutting class, I guess. So Well, good for you. (laughs) I mean, that's good, too. (laughs) I mean, I do think it's like, it's so funny. We're such opposites in that way. But like, there's, yeah, you know what? We can find any reason to shame ourselves because I could totally shame myself for that, you know, and you, but it's like, it is in your nature. It's like you're Virgo. And Capricorn rising, like mm-hmm. that's your that's in your nature. That's where you're going. There's yeah to appreciate that. And I'm a Pisces, Aquarius. Yeah. I don't need to be out there doing backflips. No, although I have occasionally felt a draw to tumble. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it does feel good sometimes. I would like to learn how to tumble as an adult. It I can teach the- you a cart. Do you do cartwheels? No, all of that terrifies me. And we kind of talked about this on the Power Hour, that when I jump on a trampoline, it terrifies me. Like, I feel like I'm never going to come back to I have been thinking about that so much. That is so fascinating to me. So so if you guys weren't there for the Power Hour, yeah, so Natasha jumps on a trampoline. As she's going up, she's afraid she's never going to stop I, going I'm up. I'm terrified. I scream the whole time, and my kids love it so much. They're like, please jump on the trampoline, Mom. <laughs> I mean, what's so one? I was thinking. I mean, I couldn't stop thinking about it, really, because part of what I was thinking about was that most people are afraid of falling down, (laughs) but you're afraid of falling up. Yeah. Well, I'm afraid. Yeah, I'm never gonna come down again. (laughs) Oh my 
my goodness. And I have the same fear with cartwheels. <laughs> I mean, just oh. like, oh, here I go. I can teach you a cartwheel. I can teach anybody a cartwheel. Oh, wow. This is exciting. It is a skill I have. Maybe you could teach me and my daughter on Zoom. On Zoom? Yeah, I think I probably could. But I mean, I I taught gymnastics for many years. And so there is something about like being present with people and being able to actually like touch their hips and move Uh, them, you know, that just to show you how it feels. Uh, Although I could probably do it over Zoom. Yeah. You could try it. Well, I was going to say, I mean, we don't live near each other and we're in a pandemic. So I, I mean, guess but this the is next the time future. we see each other. Okay. Cartwheels. It's terrifying. And and the it, reason it, why it comes down to grounding, because I feel Tess was saying also in the power hour that she feels gravity pulling on her if she all the tunes time. into it. Yeah. And I never can't even not. So no. interesting. I feel me. like I will float away <laughs> if I don't. Yeah. With all of my grounding techniques, which I am a grounded person, I'm very grounded. I just, um, it's because I've had to use tools to ground. It does not come naturally to me. Yeah. But it works, all the tools, thank God. I just don't feel connected. Anyway, um, I I guess I won't talk about it because we've gone a lot in into this. <laughs> but, I'm sorry about that. Oh, it, please do not apologize. It's great. Yeah, I'm not apologizing for exercising anymore or talking about it. So yeah, great. I take it back. Great. <laughs> um, yeah, but for me, basically, I'm in a maybe one of the most, or I was, and now I've learned how to deal with it. Destabilizing times of my life. We are about to talk to Britton LaRue, the great astrologer, and I mentioned in there that my inner critic is almost gone entirely, except it, it, it comes up with my cats. And so yet another, <laughs> I mean, I'm laughing now because it's just like so crazy. If people have been listening, I've had two cats die. One cat ran away. Another kitten we just adopted became, um, uh, we found out it has leukemia. <clears throat> then... Um, longtime listeners may be familiar with Greg, who's my basically my security blanket and my pillow. He just was diagnosed with cancer, too. So it really was just it's been mm. just insane. But the good news about Greg is that um, it seems like it can be managed like he's not um, like if we're giving him a steroid and it seems like, I mean, he seems totally fine. He's not in any pain. He's acting totally normally. So um, it seems to be really helping already. And he, like, he seemed fine before. He seems fine now. And they said it could, you know, it's not anytime soon, it seems like, that it could affect him. So that was a big relief. And um, but the bigger news personally for myself is that I realized I got I realized that much of the pain that I was feeling I was causing myself through blaming myself. And it really was this invitation into radical self-love and self-acceptance and taking care of my inner child. I mean, that's basically what I did. I just did my inner child work, which kind of went out the window, which it never does, except when my cats are in distress. (laughs) And then I lose it because it's really triggering from my childhood. So um, I was able to bring that inner parent in and be loving to myself about it. And it just is like, okay, it actually kind of gives me the feeling like I can handle it all. Like whatever, I'm not inviting more tragedy, but, but I feel like ready. Like I feel, okay, I can deal with Greg. I can deal with this. You know, 
then comedy of errors one of our other cats started limping I mean and when that happened I was just like okay I just checked in with my inner child and I was like you're safe because that was her concern we're safe um you know this is hard I'm here we're gonna take care of this and you know and then it was like most of the pain went away because it was like it's just all future fear anyway it's not what's happening in the moment you know, so that helped ground me yeah. by just being in the moment, bringing my loving Good. heart into the moment, loving self into care for my inner child really helped just even it all out because it was just, whoo, just living in. And then, oh, last thing I'm going to say is we have a Black Lives Matter sign outside and someone has been um, defacing it and then also tossing it into the um the bushes so that was another thing that made me feel like really unsafe you know and we just kept putting it back and Brett is very crafty so he kept just adding the black he added the black part because they 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 spray painted over the black part um and it just made me feel but I was like well this is just a little inkling of what black people have to deal with you know this is my privilege to show me like oh this is what it feels like to be unsafe around you know white people and what it means to you know just um this is just like an inkling of what they're going through you know every day so anyway it was just like a lot of feeling like outside shit is coming in you know so It just reinforced like connecting the inner child and also that opening my heart is really the most grounding thing. Yeah. So that was my week. (laughs) And uh, yeah, so here we are. Um, What what are we doing next? What are we doing next? Good question. Are we doing our interview? Um, No, not quite yet. First, we're going to talk about some stuff. So first, I want to tell you about um, (laughs) the Good Vibe Tribe Online School of Magical Arts, which is um, the magical school, online magical school that I teach and host on my website. Um, That is going to reopen on October 1st for enrollment. So if you want to learn about that and get on the waiting list, you can go to TessWhitehurst.com and then you'll see Good Vibe Tribe on the left. Just click on that and that's where you can learn about it and get on the waiting list. So they can click on the the thing and it'll yeah get them on the waiting list that's very well you click on the good vibe tribe and then you read about it watch a video and then if you want to get on the waiting list it's on that page okay um okay yeah and for me you can sign up i have a couple things on there but the 11 for 11 email list is great you get 11 emails over 11 days for 11 dollars, and essentially it's um well i have here, I'll just read this. Short practices that will make a difference in your ability to cope, your inner sense of peace, and increase your ability to feel self-love. Um, so some of the topics include inner child work, gratitude, letting go, self-compassion, calling your energy back, things like that. And so you can sign up on my website at highestlighthealing.com. Okay, now, great. So now do you would you like to read that review? Oh, okay. Sure. Um, yeah. So also you can leave us a review on any, wherever you leave us a review. We're so super grateful. It really helps people find our show. 
We love to read it. Mm -hmm. Um, It makes us feel good. But yeah, most importantly, it helps people find our show. So we really appreciate it. And we're going to do a little thing where we read a review a week. So this one is from Brandster83. And she says, such a magical podcast. I came across this podcast recently because I've realized that I'm an eclectic witch and was eager to find all things witchy. I was hooked for my first listen. I'm an empath and struggle with protecting my energy. All my anxiety comes from being unsure where the energy I'm feeling is coming from. The discussions on the show have been so helpful and just listening makes me feel calm. The hosts have great chemistry and they create such a bright light in this world so nice so nice thank you so Uh, much for that i appreciate that all righty so now we have our wonderful astrologer Britton larue to talk about mars okay we're so excited to have Britton larue back and if you didn't hear our other um episodes with her i'm gonna just read her bio real quick um, Britain, well, I know her as an astrologer, my astrologer. I love sessions with Britain. Um, but this about her bio is she also has many things. Britain is an intuitive life coach, writer, and teacher working from the perspective of alternative healing traditions, blending astrology, the tarot, energy healing, and guided meditation. Britain helps clients deprogram from unhelpful conditioning and remember their indestructible, beautiful, primal essence. I mean, that's really Ooh, great. Yay. <laughs> we should rewrite our bio. Yeah. <laughs> it's true, though. I, I, I will attest to her skills. Um, okay, so. Well, thank you for having me again. Yeah. Fun to talk. Thanks for being here. I'm excited. Um, so, yeah, I texted Britton. I was like, will you come on and talk about Mars retrograde? <laughs> Is that the tone of voice you used? Yeah, she didn't know because it was over text. That's what the feeling was. Please. (laughs) I need. Yeah, so if you could, and whatever you think is important, obviously, but um, if you could start there and help our listeners understand what's coming up. And me, I don't understand. No, not Tess. Explain it to everyone but Tess. (laughs) (laughs) Leave her. Leave me out of it. Okay. Um, I would love to do that. And will you make sure to stop me if I ever use a term that you think I should slow down and define? Because, you know, with this language, sometimes we get lost in language. So, (laughs) Um, okay. So I feel like what would be really helpful to do, um, well, first is to define Mars as like a teacher of sorts. I think of the planets in many ways as like teachers that Mm. guide us through certain learning journeys Mm, and so mars to me is our the teacher of energy and how we use it Um, so it has to do with our um, bravado our confidence our assertiveness our thrust towards what we want it's our will um, to go after things it's the fight that we have within us um 
Isn't it, it our sex drive too? Is that part of yeah, it? Yeah, in many ways, that's that thrust energy. And of course, just like the masculine and feminine and everyone, everyone has a Mars, no matter what gender they identify with, right? Like we all have work to do with connecting with the like highest, most skillful way of working with this teacher is how I like to think about it. And so when we're invited on Mars journeys, we learn, we're learning like how to be our own hero, how to like be that person who shows up for what we want to fight for mm. and what we really, you know, want to go for in this life. And because Mars is like a separating energy because it rules pointed objects of all kinds, um, mm. you can imagine that it, it helps us also with our boundaries and our no, right? So it's like mm. creating um, a journey forward where we carve out what is our yes and what is our no and like what we really care about. So at a high level, this is really important, right? Like it is through the thrust and the energy of our Mars that we move our purpose forward. It's almost like our Mars is out front carving the path for our purpose. Does that make sense? So when you say pointed objects, like you're saying cutting away, like a cutting away, away. it's like the sword that Um, we wield of with our yes and no of like what oh, we're here interesting. for. So that's different than Saturn. Saturn is still boundaries, mm-hmm. but it's it that's a more like a wall or something, right? Like this is on one side and this is on the other where Mars right. is like, okay, let's cut this out. Yes. That, it, okay. Yes. And like Mars moves fast. It's like hot fast charged energy that we use. And so we can be really unintegrated and uh like um, maladjusted with our Mars if we're not consciously wielding that sword, right? Like if, right. if it's we're just like working on a feeling and we aggressively, impulsively move with it. And you know, you've been sort of like unskillful, we might say, if you regret it afterward, if you um, feel like you need to say you're sorry, <laughs> if you just like, oops, like I did that, I know I feel bad because it was like you, what, it's when we're like moving with this fire that we have because it's fire charge energy. Uh-huh. Where Saturn is more structural, it's cold and dry, it's like building. Grounded building for the long haul over time so that their, their relationships to time are really different because Mars is fast and Saturn is about longevity and Mm. what we, what we do over the long haul. Does that make sense? What we're committed to building. So together, obviously that is a great synergy, like the, the building the will with the endurance, but they often don't see eye to eye very well. It often depends on the angles that they're at with each other. And so part of what we're in this year is, um, is, is a rebalancing between those two principles. So let me just back up and say mm-hmm. that Mars has a cycle. And astrology is a study of cycles. Okay, it's, it's how, by cycles, it's like, what are we on a journey on? What are we learning? Where we leave to go out on a journey, we learn this stuff, and then we kind of come home and we're different when we come home. Does that make sense? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's a two-year journey always. With Mars? With Mars. Okay. And it begins when the sun and Mars meet when Mars is in a forward moving direction. So that was Virgo last year, like almost exactly a year ago. Mm. 
So if you think back to then, and if you think about where you have Virgo in your chart, you can identify a kind of like, that was me in my normal life before I set out on this journey. Ah, <laughs> right? interesting. And then Mars is always retrograde. It's the rarest retrograde, which is why we pay a lot of attention to it. Mars mm. is retrograde when it becomes opposite the sun. And as you know, the sun is in Virgo now, so it's almost to Libra, and Mars is in Aries, the opposite sign of Libra. So it's now slowing down, and on the ninth, we'll go retrograde. And in this period of two months that we're going to have across fall, we're in like what in a hero's journey archetypal story would be like the, the culmination of some sort of crisis or like crisis is a hot word. So I don't want, want to like create fear around it, but that sense of like, you see what you're really working on because mm. the goal is to kind of move through it and just learn things like change in our relationship to this principle. So maybe like the climax in a movie, the climax in a movie where everything's been kind of building to this, like we've had and everything sign. falls apart. <laughs> <laughs> And then we, the hero brings it all together by the end of the movie. Yes. Right. And it's like all retrogrades, it begins with ER, are, are invitations to realign, review, readjust our relationship to that planet. And so here it's re, like readjustments to how we use our energy, how we use our force, how we use our will, how we use our aggression, assertiveness. And everybody's got their own journey with that, right? It's like a lot of it depends on, in astrology and like where you have Aries, where you have Mars and how you relate to that hero in you. Some people may be learning how to bring more of it out. And some people may be learning like that their Mars might be a little cantankerous or out of control, right? So, so it's like, we're all kind of get, getting into that. So how okay. can you tell like where you're, if you, what end of it you are? Like what part of your life would you explore in that way? Would you explore? Um, uh, yeah. Sorry what, would, my dog. Oh, it's okay. Um, we're an animal friendly. <laughs> um is it like um when things get upsetting for you like maybe you push your will that kind of thing or yes. that could be an example that could be an example so um what makes this mars retrograde feel extra uh <laughs> intense uh we throw in any of those words is that we're also meanwhile on a really serious journey all 2020 with our capricorn parts of self and our saturnian parts of self where um where we're up against um a sense of um like structures that need to be re revised um, or melted or made to fall apart completely so that they can be redone. And anytime we're dealing with Capricorn energy, when we're being asked to change their keywords for me have to do with humbling, where mm. we're sort of being humbled in certain ways to accept like things about ourselves where, um, we're not so expert or we don't know everything or yeah, like ways in which like we thought we were doing everything just right. And it 
turns out like none of that was actually really helpful. Um, mm-hmm. So we're sort of like humbling into more love to be less self-critical and less critical of other people. And all of that slow um, work that we need to be with because this is Capricorn Saturn, like we're doing a slow change towards some other way of operating within mm-hmm. ourselves and collectively while this Mars thing's also happening. Oh, <laughs> so, and they're, they're not looking at each other. So it's like, we're being made to kind of look at these two different patterns. Like in my life, I'm really seeing how my, um, I'm Aries rising. So Aries, which is the sun, one of the signs ruled by Mars. So this is happening in my first house. I'm really seeing how I like to plunge into things and take on so much. But this cap, like it, my Capricorn parts of self are really saying like, no, like, <laughs> no, you can't do all those things. Like you have to slow down. You need to work on structural stuff. You need to take care of the things that are going to guarantee that these foundational parts of your life are um, in integrity, that they are sustainable, that they will be long lasting. Mm-hmm. And if you keep throwing yourself into more stuff that, you, you know, then it's all just going to be messy. Mm-hmm. And so I'm feeling just like I have 30, 40% of my normal energy mm-hmm. because it's like, I'm just having to be humbled into like, mm-hmm. I can't do everything I am going to have to just let things sit and simmer and um, mm-hmm. like grow stronger through rest. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? Yeah. Yeah. So now um, how long is Mars retrograde? So it's a two month retrograde, September 9th to November 13th. Okay. But we have to go all the way back to the very end of June when Mars entered Aries at the, uh, so that was June 27th ish. If you go back there, um, that's when Mars entered Aries and then it began to enter its shadow period about a month later. So then all of August, Mars has been having its first 90 degree hard angle, like hard tension squares with these Capricorn planets, Mm, Jupiter, Pluto, and Saturn. Then September, October, once it's retrograde, it will go back into squares with these same planets. And then when it goes forward moving November, it will have final squares with all three over December and January. So that that in itself is another story arc. So if you think back to like thematics that were coming up either collectively or personally or both through August, we were beginning to have uh, glimmers of like, what's the story that's going to be unveiling for me over this fall. Mm-hmm. And then it will, the second square will probably feel the most difficult because it's like, we must change if we're going to learn from this, that's September, October. And then the final squares hopefully will feel more like we've moved it. We've been transformed in some way. Like we are not the same as we were because we learned yeah ideally (laughs) okay so so what you're saying is that the um story arc like we'll have a personal relationship with the mars retrograde story arc and it will be related to pushing through cutting away and or how we manage our energy is that right yes vis-a-vis like what you're trying to build and what you're be- to build. Oh, right. Like your path and your, mm-hmm. and your hero's journey. 
Yes. And okay. vis-a-vis okay. the Capricorn stuff too, right? Because right? like Capricorn's the longer term like projects. And so there, the goal is to be more inward as you are realizing all of these things in the review, the reflection, the readjustment, and all of those like RE words of retrograde. So that, because if you're trying to fight through and make everything happen externally, that like the Mars part of you might want there, we can just get overwhelmed, frustrated, angry, or so inflamed that we like aren't doing well physically because Mars is also inflammation. Um, Yeah. Just to give another IRL example, I'm wondering if my and listeners are probably tired of well you know what i'm tired of me talking about all the animal situation but um i'm wondering if this relates so like a bunch of my animals keep getting sick because we have a lot because we do rescue um and my initial impulse was like to control it in some way like to like my will was just like i have to get control over this in some way yes and um, and my my old way of doing that really wasn't working because it just kept happening and happening and happening. So even with one animal, like I'd make peace with it, then another one would get sick or something would happen. Yeah. And then I'd have to, again, be like, control, control, control. So I'm realizing like, oh, the way I need to deal with this is just completely loving myself because I was turning on myself. That's what the will thing was doing was really like turning on myself. Yeah. So, and I think some of that, some of the frustration that can come from it is, is when we're activating the inner critic because we're not pushing through the way we want to, and we're not succeeding or achieving through something the way we want to control it. Exactly. So like really getting to the root of the inner critic work can be really helpful for yeah. offsetting the feeling of frustration. It's oh, like, why, yes. why is it frustrating? It's frustrating because, well, for like, me, I was should blaming be able myself. To do it. Yeah. yeah. And that's where for me, I realized, oh, I'm blaming myself about all of this. So once I got to that root of that inner critic was blaming myself, then it was like, oh, okay, I can, it's slower, yeah. Yeah. you know, it's not like, you know, yeah. What were you going to say, Tess? Oh, just, I, I mean, I was just saying, yeah, because I'm uh, identifying, I think I'm identifying now where this Mars thing is happening for me, which is I've been feeling um, really interested in shadow work and really interested in like embracing everything, like letting it all be what it is mm-hmm. now and, and finding a perfection in that, like in the, new, in the neutrality of that. And then I've also been feeling... Um, motivated to slow down and um, to get present and to be in my body. And I feel like that it, I can, I think I'm tuning into that there is like a, um, that it, it, that it may be related to the tension between Mars and Saturn, like Mm -hmm. the Capricorn and Aries sort of tension of, or Mars and Capricorn sort of tension Mm -hmm. of like, just finding a way to be grounded within these energies. Is that possible? Am I tuning into that right? I think yeah, also so Virgo season and Tess is a Virgo. It oh yeah, well Virgo Virg- season is probably also helping me to do that. Yeah. I feel yes. like it's like the holding that space because I feel I do feel that that I like have the extra groundedness because I'm in my season. 
Absolutely. I think grounding is really one of the key helpers through everything. Going to come back to the body. Yeah. And listen to how you're doing. Cause like for me, I, I I can be very unconscious of my restlessness. Like Mm. it's just like happening and I'm not even thinking about it. So Mm. unless I take time to tune in to like, how you doing? Yeah, And I notice I'm restless because I'm frustrated because I want this thing to happen. Why do I want it to happen? Because it Mm. should happen. I should Mm. be able to make this happen. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, For other people, um, can they look in their, how do they look in their chart to give a clue as to where they might be feeling it? I would say primarily um, late degrees of the cardinal signs because um, the cardinal signs are the signs that start the seasons. So Aries, Cancer, Libra, and Capricorn. And so since the important Capricorn planets are in late Capricorn, and since the Mars retrograde is 15 to 28 Aries, then and then those would create squares and oppositions to Libra and Cancer, so they can also be activated. You would look to like where if you have placements in late cardinal signs and whatever those planets are, they're also being asked to evolve with Mars and Saturn in these stories. If you have late degree fire sign placements, so Leo or Sagittarius, they they would also be activated, but in a more like fluid, flowing, helpful way where you feel like you may be more in touch with your fire spirit mm. and more in touch with how that spirit wants to move through you mm. and more and just more in touch with your sort of fire self in helpful, productive ways where the cardinal signs, since they're all in hard angles to each other, it's more like we have to turn and face these parts of self that maybe we're like myopically ignoring, you know, they're in our blind spot. It's all productive, but it's very frustrating, like very um, literal ways this shows up right now. The Saturn Mars square would be like sports Mars being mm. canceled or mm. blocked, oh, blocked. Saturn, Saturn, <laughs> you know, yeah. and like um, being told you can't, like you have the energy to go to school, you have the energy mm. to do these things, but the 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 government or whatever, some, some bureau, bureaucracy, because mm-hmm. Capricorn and Saturn can be government, right? Mm-hmm. Some something is saying no, you can't do that. Mm. Oh, that's so interesting. <laughs> yeah. So that's a, like collectively how it can show up. Um, barricades um, of any kind in cities, that's mm-hmm. very, and, and like mm-hmm. aggression around barricades, that yeah. would also show up as a Mars Saturn kind of oh, literal like manifestation. Like they're trying to control, like the government trying to control people who are fighting for something they people care about. People who are fighting, oh, yes, exactly. And what and about ca- the election? Like, because is it <laughs> Tessa's face? Um, <laughs> is it, like, I mean, it's in retrograde right up until the election, right? Just to the other side till November fifteenth. Mm-hmm. Um, that Mercury very is same retrograde too. Mercury stations direct <laughs> at twenty five Libra on the day of the election. So oh, in a card in a late degree cardinal sign. Oh, wow. Is where Mercury stations direct on the day of the election, 25 Libra. And then November 13th, also, we have the last of three 
Jupiter-Pluto conjunctions in Capricorn. And that's been a big um, COVID signature. It's been a, it's just been a large signature of 2020. Jupiter having to do of... with school, Jupiter having to do with traveling, <laughs> Jupiter having to do with these things we normally do, not mm. like being slowed down or purged or and the you know, economy. To change the economy, money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. So that's going to be interesting, interesting in quotes. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. I mean, it, it, it's happening for everybody though, right? So like. Yes. I mean, well, I work with people. I'm not a mundane astrologer in the sense that I don't really do like predictions for the collective and stuff mm-hmm. like that. I work with people on how this shows up in their lives, right. but it's, I think because 2020 is so literal in how things are showing up astrologically in the collective, it's interesting to point some of those manifestations out just because it clarifies what these things might feel like. But for an individual, it's going to really depend on where you have, especially Aries and Capricorn in the chart, but also Libra and Cancer. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. And of course, we all know. And by that, I mean... Britain and I maybe test that I have my Mars and Aries. Oh, yeah. So for people who have that, it, uh, yeah, I guess it's just like with everything. Is it even more amplified than if? It- well, I think so because I find Mars returns when Mars comes back to itself in the chart, that period to be really illuminating and electrifying in terms of what changes we're in with ourselves, with Mm -hmm. our own hero. Mm -hmm. And so normally that would last somebody two months, Uh, uh but for people with Mars and Aries, it's a six month plus thing this year. So great. (laughs) Yay. (laughs) Excellent. I I think like what, what I would say is, you know, for all of these things, Mm -hmm. just spending a lot of time in contemplation with oneself, to identify like what are the stories in your life that feel animated by these principles Mm. get clear on like what you're learning about yourself like how is the story changing Mm. between you and mars Mm -hmm, you know mm -hmm. how is your relationship to what mars represents yeah really in a learning shift Mm -hmm. so that when it's over you're like i know exactly what that was you know, because mm-hmm, I think mm-hmm. that's that always feels really good to me is when yeah. we can really identify like this was the story that was playing out and changing. Yeah. And here's what I learned from it. I yeah. really like what you said about the inner critic, especially with Mars, because that really is how I felt peace finally around it. And because I don't even have a really active inner critic, but so I wasn't expecting it, you know, mm-hmm. and that Mars was like, here it is. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I think it's really, and um, so people can also look at what houses, right? Whatever house. Definitely. And that's a Googleable thing, you know, mm-hmm. like what houses mean. So um, like recently I was telling a client about the generics of 
a transit like we're kind of speaking big picture Mm -hmm. but then when i got specific on so what this would show up as is fourth house which could be as literal as just changes in your living conditions and where Mm -hmm. you live Mm -hmm. and that was then precisely where all these changes were happening Mm -hmm. it didn't feel like it wasn't in her relationships it wasn't in her work it wasn't in these other parts of life Mm -hmm. it was specific to the house that it was happening in right that's why it's really helpful yeah I want to lift up my Mars. I mean, I know my Mars is in the sixth house, but I want to lift up sixth house while you're talking. So yes, yeah, well, that's the <laughs> really Virgo curious. house. That's your Virgo house. Oh yeah, that's Virgo rules the sixth house, right? Oh, okay, Britain. Are you Aries rising, Tess? No, I'm Capricorn rising. Oh, okay, okay. So um, that would be yeah. Gemini in the sixth house. Mars and Gemini. Okay. Mars and Gemini. <laughs> Awesome. Um, okay. So I guess sadly we need to start to wrap up here. So oh no. I, I want to learn more. I know. There's so much, so much, Britain. You know, I love I love talking to you about astrology. Well, I'll just tell Tess real quick. Oh, when great. Mars is in the sixth house, it's what we call in its joy. Oh, um, nice. and no matter the sign. And that that's a real signature for like just having so much energy for your work for oh. like your day your daily routine and because every placement has lessons right <laughs> there's lessons in life around just like using energy efficiently not overworking not burning out taking oh. care and tending to that fire energy that is mars like something that is of your highest values because it's your precious energy right Thank you. Why, that? <laughs> I'm curious why that's about work when the 10th house is generally about career. The, it, so to me, the sixth house is like the actual minutia of the day to day. Like oh, okay. I, the 10th house is like um, Britain LaRue, astrologer or Britain LaRue, teacher, you know, it's like your reputation, the way people perceive you as like what you do. You know, Mm -hmm. where sixth house is like, I wake up and then I go for a run or a walk and Uh, then I da 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 da. I I eat, I tend to eat these things. Oh boy, this is real (laughs) tests. I know. Tell me. Wow. (laughs) I love this information. Yeah. Thank you. So much to work with. Yeah. Meanwhile, I'm pretty sure that I have cancer in the. I have no planets in the sixth house and just cancer, which I feel is like. Ah. <laughs> well, let me think. If you're Pisces rising, Am I not that would be Leo in the sixth house. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. I had that wrong. So maybe that's a little better. I mean, better. <laughs> There's something wrong with it. I didn't mean it. I just meant in terms of being able to get stuff down. Done. Get things down. It better yeah. allow you to tap into your sun energy. Yeah. Okay. In terms of the day to day. Yes. Well, we really just love having you here. Yes. I, I was going to ask you in a final question, what is there anything and not to put you on the spot, but is there mm-hmm. any like general advice you want to give to anybody or maybe you already excuse me maybe you already said it about going that in these next couple months going internally yeah um is that what you would suggest yeah i would some some tips would be things like um trying not to push things through that need to rest um 
-hmm. if you're, if you're wanting to push something through getting really clear with yourself, why you think it has to, you know, Mm -hmm. um, and root into like the deeper reason behind like some, what can sometimes be the compulsion to push things through, you know, or to like make your, make your way through something because Aries is like the ram right it's like mm-hmm. we're just like ramming into things <laughs> um and so really because there can be some really good nuggets of like oh it's because like it can be a trauma response to, yeah. to push things through you know so totally. there's a lot of learning there about um how we use that energy I would say um but also clarification around what is worth fighting for, because it's not to not have sacred anger, like identifying mm-hmm. what is sacred in terms of our, our anger, like what we, what we do care about, what we, is worth taking a stand on and how to do that in ways that we feel really like aligned with, not like we're out of control, like it's coming from a grounded, aligned place yes. of like, this is where I am with this. This is what I'm willing to, because it's like sword, you know, like put the sword down. Like this is something I care about. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. Well, thank you so much, Britton. We really appreciate you being here. Thank you guys for having me back. It's always so fun. Yay. (laughs) All right. Oh, and you can find Britton um, at BrittonLaRue.com. We'll have your information on um, our notes, but also on Instagram at BrittonLaRue, right? Correct. And how do you spell it? Yeah. B-R-I-T-T-E-N-L-A-R-U-E. It's it's like always been misspelled all my life. So just look to the show notes. I feel sure. like it's such a glamorous <laughs> name. Oh, and the I last know, thing I was, it's perfect. It's like such a, it's like out of a soap opera. Did you hear Britain the Ruse moving to town? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> not Britain LaRue. I just also want to really quickly say that Britain makes these amazing books about each sign called living. They're called living the signs, right? Mm-hmm. For each. Yes. Yeah. And they're just like beautiful and so um, dense in a good way, like full of really great information. And it's a workbook. So you can work, literally work with the signs, but I don't like to write in them because they're so really, <laughs> no, I don't want to work right in them (laughs) I like to use my notes out because also what if every season I want to that's true you just do the notes in a side note yeah in the special journal yeah yeah Yeah. yeah so you can find those on your site too right Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. And all of her, she does moon workshops and so much. So you can find it on BrittanLaRue.com. Thank you guys. Okay. Bye. Bye. Okay. So that was great. So now we have a quick question, just a quick question from Autumn. And the question is, I see a lot of apps for tarot and oracle cards. I've used some oracle apps because I can't find the physical deck anywhere. How do you guys feel about these kinds of apps? Wait, did she say that um, she can't find a physical deck anywhere? Well, like, it sounds like she wants a certain deck and she can only find it as... Oh, 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 gotcha. So do you want to start or do you want me to start? No, you should start. So I don't have a whole lot to say about this, but I will say that I do have Ellen Dugan's Witch's Tarot as an app and I do like it. I don't use it all the time. 
But when I'm out in the world and I'm like, oh, I wish I could do a tarot reading. Ah, darn it. I don't have my tarot deck. You know, I'm like, wait, no, I do have it. And oh, then I do a reading on cool. And it's really great. Like you really can shuffle and feel like it's oh, really fun. similar. Yeah. And like it'll do a spread for you. You can shuffle in various ways. So, yeah. I mean, when if I have an actual tarot deck, I prefer to use that yeah. for sure. There's mm-hmm. a whole, it's a deeper sort of more sensual experience that mm-hmm. way more energetic experience. Um, But if I'm out in the world, totally, I'll use an app. If I had other apps, I would use them too. But that's the one I happen to have on my phone. Well, yeah, I've never used an an app for that. But I do have several (laughs) astrology apps. So that's a different question. But I love Astrometrix. I'll just say that. It's my favorite um, astrology app. Um, But yeah, otherwise, no. All righty, so now it's time for the energy report. Okay, well, this week's energy report, um, the the tool I'm going to give is, is kind of brief, but I got to say it was so, you know, a lot of times there's like a general theme that comes up, but this week it was like, oh, wow, this is like everybody <laughs> was just like, oh, here's this again and this ah. again. Yeah. Oh, by the way, the energy report, in case you don't know, is um, when I talk about the energy trend that I noticed during the week of the clients that come to see me and sometimes myself, usually myself as well. Um, so one thing really interesting that came up were people's houses, like their actual houses, and in some ways also their bodies, but um, which is, you know, the house of your soul. (laughs) Yeah. And both are Virgo related. Right. Right. Yeah. It was Virgo was really coming in strong this week. Um, And one. okay, so it's kind of twofold. One is a lot of people were just like, I'm stuck. I feel my energy stuck. I don't know what's going on here. I, it's like I'm shifting gears, but I'm I'm going to go back to that. I will just say, again, just like I said with myself, the quickest way to getting unstuck is to connect to the heart because a lot of people were ignoring their feelings, ignoring, acknowledging their inner children. Um, and even if talking to your inner child isn't something that you connect with, just even like having self-compassion for yourself, you know, putting your hand on your heart and saying, this is hard, may I be kind to myself – that is really, it was a lot of avoidance of that. Mm. A lot of just like the shit's hitting the fan. And that showed up in my life as well. You know, like everything's happening at once and, and getting off kilter. So coming back to that, I will just say coming back to regular self-compassion practice, which does not take time. It's just one hand on your heart or whatever feels good to you um, and saying those nice things to yourself. Um, And then the other thing is the house. So a lot of people, it's been reflected in their house. It's like they don't feel um, fully there or part of them is like there's a lot of shit in one part of the house or like Mm. there's the. So I was really getting the idea, the feeling of blessing your house and like bringing this energy in even there was a couple people that their houses were undergoing construction and they were just like staying on one side of the house but I kept getting the information no you need to actually the way to integrate it is to go into that part of the house that's not done yet and like bring flowers into it or bring like a feeling of like 
that loving energy, even though it's not complete or it may have negative feelings attached to it, like making sure you're bringing in like, oh, I feel grateful for this, adding life to it, like plants or flowers or putting like a nice like wreath on the door frame or, you know, um, bringing in your blessings for it, what you want to bring in and appreciating having shelter, whatever feels good to you. If you can, um, just go through the house seeing, you can even just affirm like I'm releasing any energy that I don't want down the grounding cord of the house because your house does have a grounding cord. Mm -hmm. So you can imagine even putting in a new grounding cord that's nurturing and holding up your house with loving earth energy and bringing that, seeing that go deep in the earth and seeing it like come up and I guess you can imagine gravity the earth's gentle gravity pulling the house <laughs> down <laughs> um so yeah uh, do you have any other techniques for blessing a house I wonder oh well I mean I do every day as part of my daily meditation um imagine sending a cord of light from the bottom of my house yeah. it's like a big huge tree really like a trunk uh-huh. of light down into the core of the earth but then also sending the branches up out into the cosmos and drawing the light down and then creating it's like a protective uh, pillar of mm, light that's mm-hmm. connected to earth and sky so um, I mean, you could do a blessing ritual also. Right. Uh, That's what I was wondering. What you- I do every day is I imagine a gold ball of light and I imagine the house in the light and I say like I bless it with with love and light and I imagine like laughter and joy yes. and happiness and peace in the house and then um, and then, yeah, I send it up to the universe i just keep blessing it with love and light blessing it with with love and yeah purified source energy and then i give it up to the light i yeah i do something very similar i call in specific um energies and then i often call i'm an almost every day ask angels to surround the house in a circle and direct positive energy inward and you know preserve the positive energies within and then to also protect the space from any challenging energies i did call an archangel michael when the people were messing with my oh yeah good idea yeah Yeah. that's a great idea help to uplift the house and the feeling that we're safe and loved so yeah um I just realized that's so funny that my house was also a theme oh right yeah mine was too because we got a new door oh yeah yeah Yeah. and also um that came up in my uh reading for the full moon was create it was that my create sacred space card but it was really specific um just intuitively about physically creating the space for what you want to experience like if you want to you know what I said in the reading was if you want to write a book like do you have a space where you feel comfortable writing you know if you want to manifest a relationship does it your house feel conducive to romance like very sort of grounded things to look around like is my space supporting what I want to experience yeah totally yeah so that's really what it is the only other thing I'll add is um just and I'm not going to go into it maybe I'll go into it next week but I have been noticing past lives um really releasing and and also just having like real clarity like 
well, those were just a bunch of stories, too. <laughs> like, they mm-hmm. don't really matter. You know, it's not about who we are. So, you know, maybe even just saying goodbye to the past and hello to your future self, hello to your um, present self, calling your And your past. eternal self. Like, yeah, that's, I think yeah. that's part of the magic of past life work is realizing you're not, in the same way you're not that being that was whatever in the 1600s, you're also not who, I mean, it's not yeah. the, the appearance of, you know, your name and the way you look and like, that's so just not at all who you are. You're so no. much bigger and more eternal yeah. than that. Yeah, exactly. That you are your, when I see my future self, it's like such a bright, like in my eternal self, basically, you know, and yeah, being calling that in, I do see that as being part of this. I know I'm saying a lot of things, but I do see that as being part of this week too, is that as we bless our house and release what isn't working, like there is room for really creating and manifesting, like bringing in this nicer, lighter energy. So just being being aware of it. Yeah. That was another card that came up in the reading was be present. It's like really letting go of past and future and being in your body in this moment. And also listening to your body was the other card. Yeah. Yeah. Deeply listening and honoring what your body's telling you in order to lock into that vibration of wellness. Yeah. The Virgo energy this season feels very strong. And that body part is really part of it. Yeah. Just like taking care of your house and your body if you I know I said a lot of things but those are the two if you want one takeaway I guess that's two takeaways all right so that's it okay Mm -hmm. so now it's time for practical magic okay so this is actually I'm realizing a continuation of what we were just talking about which is creating the space that's Mm -hmm. what really came through For this week, so for your practical magic activity, this feels really powerful for me this week is to either create an altar if you don't already have an altar or rearrange your altar Mm. so that it inspires you. Mm. This is a good way to anchor your spirituality and it does go with the Virgo energies of um, like a physical anchor, but it's a physical anchor for your spirituality. So, and it's a place, it's like creating the space to be in your spiritual practice. So either create an altar or rearrange your altar so that it's just, you look at it and you just feel inspired and you want to sit there and light candles or incense. Maybe there's a a affirmation or an image of a goddess or um, a divinity that is you would like to embody that you're stepping into that vibration um, or an image that is representative of what you're wanting to manifest. I mean, there's really no rules about an altar. I do often suggest a candle. Um, You could do incense. You could do fresh flowers. You could do offerings like um, fresh fruit. You could do crystals. There's no rules, though. You just want it to be a focal point for your meditation and your spiritual path. And then to um, the other part of the assignment for this week, if you would like to do it, is to sit, set a timer for 10 minutes and sit on a cushion in front of your altar 
and you know you could light your candles or your incense and just notice your breath because this is part of the creating the space too letting that 10 minutes be a time just to create space so sometimes meditation you can do you know all number of things a chakra clearing an energy healing a shamanic journey where you visualize but this week it feels powerful to have 10 minutes where you just notice your breath and if your mind wanders you just bring it back to the breath you feel your body maybe you smell the incense you could like gaze at your altar open your eyes for a second be like oh there's my altar just it's really coming in in the present moment and letting yourself have that time so it's like a sacred space within time and then after your alarm goes off after your 10 minutes if you could journal about what else you want to create the space for in your life and then how you could do that, like some actual steps mm -hmm. you could take in order to create the space for what you want to experience in your life. Mm -hmm. That sounds great. I love it. I'm going to do I'm creating my office space and I was thinking I oh, yeah. Perfect. can't wait to put an altar in here. Yeah. 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 But that I feel like stuff like that, like, OK, you're creating your office space and like conceiving oh, yeah. of these spaces that are going to support what we do and experience and yeah. create. You know? Yeah. All right. Great. So shall we do our housekeeping real quick? Yes. Okay. Housekeeping. You can find us on magicmondaypodcast.com. Um, you can find us on Instagram at Magic Monday Podcast, on Facebook at Magic Monday Pod. You can join our listener group there, um, Magic Monday Podcast listeners. And oh, yeah, you can ask us a question at magicmondaypodcast.com or um, uh, you can call in and give us a voicemail. We love those voicemails. It's 828 333 7181. 828. Three 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 seven one eight one. Give us a call. Places, yeah, we love questions and we love voicemails. Yeah, and um, and we're gonna do another cocktail power hour, oh, and yeah. we're really excited because we had a lot of fun at we it. Did. So, um, <laughs> it's going to be um not this Wednesday, but the next Wednesday, the sixteenth. At um, so mark your calendar, September sixteenth at four p.m. Pacific. 5 p.m. Mountain, 6 p.m. Central, and 7 p.m. Eastern. And that's going to be on our Instagram page, which is at Magic Monday Podcast. Yes. And you can find me at highestlighthealing.com. You can schedule a session with me or look at my other offerings, sign up for my newsletter, um, and on Instagram, highestlighthealing. And you can find me at TessWhitehurst.com, which is where you can find my blog posts and my, like, a lot of free spells and rituals and inspiration and guided meditations. And you can find me on Instagram at Tess4444, on Twitter at Tess Whitehurst, on Facebook at Tess Whitehurst Author, and on YouTube at Tess Whitehurst. All right. So okay. now we'll pick our cards for the week. What are you drawing I decided from? to mix it up. Even though I always want to pick from the Starseed Oracle, I'm picking from the Akashic Tarot, which I really like too. And I picked the Six of Keys, the Increscent Moon. Ooh, okay. It's actually, it's a, yeah, it's a nice one. Um, it says, 
The wa- uh, a man works diligently, sculpting a bust in his workroom. Behind him a- is a large window that overlooks the rolling hills of a harbor city. The moon in the sky points left, growing to full. It's called the Increscent Moon. This waxing moon in the card shows an exciting time of increase, abundance, and growth. Your efforts have combined with external circumstances, and even the stars have aligned. If things have been financially tight for you recently, relax. There is great opportunity for increase and fulfillment in every way, financially, creatively, and even in your reputation and prestige. So just do your work and get ready to receive. Ooh, good luck. Yeah. Good luck this week for us. <laughs> um, so is that, we yeah. going to talk about that more? No, we're That's done it. With okay. talking about it. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm done with that card. So I am uh, drawing from my very own Magic of Flowers Oracle, which you can find wherever you like to buy books. Um, And I drew Pansy, which is Contemplate. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I feel like this is an alignment with what I was tuning into for Practical Magic this week. It's like creating that space. It's not this week. It's not about like, let's do it. I mean, you could definitely do a spell if you feel called to do a spell, but it's just the energy that I'm tuning into is more about letting there be some space for us to really align with what we even want to create and how we can do that and why we want to do that. You know, it's purifying our relationship with our thoughts and taking a step back and creating some space around those thoughts. Mm -hmm, You know, mm -hmm, like we can, mm -hmm. I feel like the, um, the modern sort of way that we're just the the modern pace or momentum is just like do 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 and think now what now what am I going to yeah. do next and how many what do I want to manifest that Mars now? energy yeah but it's also like but we're just, going into Mars retrograde so it is about that content oh, like stepping back and yes not just yeah like, like what act- Britain was exactly. saying exactly totally perfect for that yeah yeah so creating that space is gonna make everything and that and it is it's like creating the space in the physical world but it's also creating the space um energetically and mentally yeah Yeah. and I do I think I feel like this card that I picked was picking up on that feeling that I was having of like it's not about going for these things but that like there is room for this abundance to enter you know there is room like I see it actually as like a portal or like more like a doorway with light coming through like the more that we're creating that space it's like creating room for that abundance to come right yes totally yes all right everybody well we hope you have a wonderful week thanks Thanks for listening Did you hear Britain the Ruse moving to town? No!